Welcome to the 30th episode. Yes, I said 30th episode of Digitalization Tech Talks. I'm very happy that you, our listeners, are continuing to provide us with the support that allows my co-host Don Mack and I, Jonas Narinder, to continue with this podcast. Thank you very, very much. So today we are ready to take you on a journey into the fascinating world of virtual training. We'll be exploring the technologies and trends that are reshaping the way we learn and grow in the digital area. From virtual reality simulations that transport us to immersive training environments, all the way through to artificial intelligence powered platforms that can personalize our learning experience, we'll be talking about tools that are revolutionizing the industrial training landscape. Luckily, for me at least, gone are the days of sitting in stuffy classrooms or flipping through some dusty textbooks that you're not really super engaged in anyway. But what makes virtual training so powerful? How does it stack up against traditional methods? And most importantly, how can you leverage these solutions to unleash your full potential and unlock new opportunities? We'll address these questions and a lot more as we uncover some of the secrets behind the success of virtual training. So Don, what are your thoughts on today's episode? Hi, Jonas. Uh, I am definitely ready to be educated on the topic of virtual training. We've discussed many digitalization topics in the first 29 episodes of the series, and I really think a critical factor for any of them being successful is having buy-in from the personnel that ultimately are going to be responsible for using them. And one component of getting that buy-in is providing appropriate training to make sure everybody knows how to use them. Often the traditional training approaches that you mentioned is not successful in accomplishing this. So I'm excited to hear what our guest has to say about new ways to educate the users of the technologies that we discuss. Yeah, I'm definitely with you on that, Don. So let's get to it and introduce today's guest. His name is Francisco de Diego Brito. Francisco is a service sales executive in the digital enterprise services team with Siemens. And in this role, Francisco promotes services to help industrial companies succeed on their digital transformation journey. So welcome to the show, Francisco. It's really a pleasure to have you on the podcast. The pleasure is my Jonas and Don. Thank you for having me here. So Francisco, before jumping into the specifics of virtual training, I want to take a step back and just briefly talk about the workforce because the title of this episode implies accelerating workforce development is a core topic. So what would you say are the most common workforce challenges facing the process industries today? So Jonas, uh, you may remember that even before COVID started, we saw that an increasing number of skilled workers who knew the industry were retiring and leaving extensive knowledge gaps. Then uh, the pandemic came and it only made it worse. There is a prevalent war for talent that will continue over the next years, and another change is also the generational turnover. Younger generations are looking to grow faster in their work environment and may change jobs more often if they are unhappy. But they also come to the workforce with different skill sets. They grew up with smartphones, apps, and video games, so they are tech-savvy in this way. So why don't we use this advantage to accelerate their development? Other factors are the increasing complexity in production processes, uh, the frequency of production changes, and the learning curve involved when implementing new technology. In general, finding and retaining talent is and will continue to be a strategic priority for many industry companies in the years to come. 
Thanks, Francisco. I agree that these are definitely key challenges in the process industries. Um, how can they be addressed with virtual training? And, and maybe before you answer that, maybe you could first cover what virtual training is as compared to traditional training techniques, and then discuss some of the benefits that can come from it. First, uh, how are many companies training their workforce nowadays? Uh, find that many are using paper-based work instructions, uh, we call that traditional training, where new employees may struggle to visualize or figure out some things. They may even think that they have understood something just to later find out during production that they didn't. And that is how we normally learn. So virtual training is a new innovative training solution based on the digital twin. It opens a range of exciting possibilities for breaking down bottlenecks and barriers of traditional training. It also offers more engaging and comprehensive learning experience. It is basically an interactive and immersive solution based on the 3D CAD data of a physical element and the work instructions associated to it. The simulation is linked to a learning platform that both provides a gamified learning methodology and training results data to the organization. It is a self-training platform, so it can be completed on the student's own schedule, anywhere they have access to a PC, tablet, or a mobile device. It's also important to mention, not only in virtual reality headsets. One of the main benefits I also like to highlight is uh, that we encourage students to try and make all the mistakes they want as they are in a safe and a break-free environment here. Those are some great benefits, Francisco, and I particularly like that uh, virtual training allows users to make mistakes in a safe environment, as you also pointed out. So I, I really like that one. That's important. It's critical to learn from your mistakes and virtual training. It sounds like fully supports that that uh, process or mantra, if you will. Now that we have sort of established uh, the baseline understanding of what virtual training is, can you please tell our listeners where such technologies can be applied? I'm sure there's a lot of opportunity. Yeah, um, uh, yeah we first started virtual training in the automotive industry, uh, where the 3D CAD geometries have normally existed for quite some time. But nowadays, we see CAD data available more and more often in all industries. Uh, regarding applications, basically on any sequential operations, such as maybe manual assemblies, maintenance, and survey procedures, and some equipment operations. Think of any manual and standardized process with some level of complexity, where there is a recurrent number of people that needs to learn it. At MXD, for example, we've created a virtual training module for a maintenance procedure, the cleaning of a water tank, for the process industry demonstration testbed that we have there. And by the way, for our listeners, if you're not familiar with MXD, which by the way stands for Manufacturing Times Digital, it's a facility in the Chicago area uh, where there is this process industries testbed. And we have an entire episode dedicated to it. You can learn all about it if you go back to episode 10. And we've also included Francisco's email address in the show notes for this episode in case you want to reach out to him and discuss any of the virtual training concepts covered in our discussion. So, Francisco, in, in terms of where to apply virtual training, who can most benefit? Is it geared towards certain jobs, areas, or industries, or can it be used broadly? We see the main demand from end customers, which are normally the ones with larger numbers of people to train. However, we believe this could be used more broadly. 
remember, we focus on sequential procedures. So we see this as a great opportunity, for instance, for original equipment manufacturers or OEMs. They have the 3D geometry and work instructions already. So it would be easy for them to offer virtual training options to their end customers. This could be a complement to the services they normally offer, and uh, there is great potential to reuse the content and scale. We have seen this with other OEMs, for example, in industries such as additive manufacturing. So I'd like to dig a little bit deeper into how to create such virtual and interactive training content, Francisco. I'm sure it would be super awesome if they could build themselves, which I'm sure is not the case. So what do we actually need to create them? You did mention 3D CAD drawings a little bit earlier. Is there other existing data sources that you can leverage, or do you almost have to build them from scratch? Great question, Jonas. Uh, this case would be the digital assets from end users, which uh, mainly include two things, the 3D CAD data or geometry, and their standard operation procedures or work instructions. It is important to mention that it is not possible to create virtual training content without the 3D CAD geometry. Then uh, there are virtual learning platforms to both accelerate the content creation process and a learning methodology. I like the way one of our customers put it, think about it like a dojo where learners more practice until they have memorized the task and have developed like muscle memory. And there are typically three steps in a virtual training project, content creation, training deployment, and learning management. So for the first one, uh, the content creation, uh, it's important to consider an authoring tool. And there are options uh, that are easy to use, maybe similar to a PowerPoint, where no code or programming experience is needed. And this allows to make and create contents and make updates uh, very quickly. The second point would be the learning deployment. And this means the possibility to run virtual training in different modes. For example, via a web-based solution that runs in a broad number of devices, such as laptops and tablets, or you can also run it in a much more immersive experience using, for example, a VR headset. And then the third part would be the learning management system, which is basically, you know, all the associated training status and statistics and information. This provides transparency of the learning processes to the organization. And uh, here, supervisors and managers can see the progress and even uh, connect with their own learning management systems. Francisco, you mentioned earlier about the workforce challenges that are facing industry and addressing them with virtual training. Are there other benefits that can result from using this approach? That's uh, a good point, Don. Uh, I like to highlight the improvement we normally see in the quality space, meaning that students normally start well, making the mistakes in the virtual environment and not in the real process. Another is reducing time to proficiency meaning shortening the training time in some processes by up to 50% compared to traditional training. This is how workforce development can be accelerated and achieve significant cost reductions and adding agility to the organization. Another one is fun, and particularly for younger generations, we've seen they jump very quickly into VR. We see they like to start small competitions between them. And finally, New procedures that have not been built yet can be tested and we can get feedback from different groups on a new task. 
Thanks, Francisco. And another topic we'd like to cover is getting started. Can you offer any recommendations about how to get started when implementing a virtual training project? I guess recommendation would be keep the users in mind, right? It's important to uh, keep the ease of use for students. And I think you mentioned this at the beginning, Don. Uh, it is important to have the buy-in from the personnel using the technology. We tend to get technical or start adding specifications, and that's something common in this technology that is evolving so quickly. But it is important we don't forget about the users and make sure we provide them with a solution that is easy to use and engaging. So don't forget about the users. I'm just going to repeat that because I think that's really important. You said it a few times, Francisco, here at the end. I, that's keeping the end user in mind. So really want to emphasize that. I love it. I want to thank you very much for sharing your experience with us today, Francisco, and also with our listeners about the tangible value of virtual training. I would say if I had the choice between a classroom training and a session run in virtual reality, I'm pretty sure I know which one I would pick for sure. We really appreciate you being our guest on the podcast, but before we close, do you have any final thoughts, like final takeaways that you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, just that uh, creating virtual training is not as hard as you think, using the right approach and the right tools. And yeah, we are eager to help the industry overcome these challenges that we described before using this new and exciting technology. That's great way to end the episode. Some good advice, Francisco. Thank you very much. And with that, we are concluding today's episode. So listeners, if you have any questions about any of the topics we discussed today, of course, virtual training simulation, training solutions, please feel free to email Francisco directly. As Don mentioned earlier, we did include Francisco's email in the show notes. And as usual, Don and I are always open to your comments, your thoughts, your feedback on the show. And if you have any topics that you would like us to take up, then please reach out to us. Also, our emails are in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you with anything you want to share with us. If you liked what you heard today, please help spread the word by rating the show. And if you're not already a subscriber and would like to be notified when new episodes are released, please subscribe to the series. Thank you for listening to this episode of Digitalization Tech Talk.